Hello, welcome to This Week in Mormons, the Twin Sisters edition with your hosts, Ariane Smith and Tiffany Hales. Back for our September podcast. We are here for September. And I tell you, it's been a month. I have lived a life in the past month. It's amazing what can change in a month. Okay, because last time we recorded, you were getting ready to send your youngest to kindergarten. Yes. You had a whole list of home improvement projects you were going to start working on. Yes. Once you got him in kindergarten to occupy your time. That list grew massively. Okay. So, So in the past month, I sent my youngest kid to kindergarten. I started my midlife crisis era. We had a massive flood in our house, which led to tearing up bathrooms and Bedrooms, floors, and bedrooms. (laughs) So now I'm in my construction era. (laughs) And then we had an incident with a mold and waffle and smells in the house. My kids are just trashing my house. Oh, and I went to Austin for the first time. That was really fun. But crazy, you went to Austin when it was like 100 degrees with like 300% humidity. What were you thinking, girl? It was crazy, but I did miss uh, part of the mitigation phase of the flood, which involved plastic sheeting, and massive noisy fans. Oh. So I picked a good weekend okay, to go. Okay, you did pick a good weekend to go. Well, I'm just, right. I, I'm still laughing about your home improvement projects you were going to work on because I think when you said that a month ago, you probably didn't envision no. the um, the breadth of what you actually were going to uh, get thrown into. No, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> This is messing with my plans to paint the baseboards and like tiny projects. Well, here's the problem. So it's your guest bathroom that's getting redone because of the water issues. Mm -hmm. And as I told you, I said, oh, this is an ugly rabbit hole to go down because you're going to end up with this pretty new guest bathroom. And I said, and then you're going to look at your other two bathrooms and you're going to go, we have to remodel the other two bathrooms Mm -hmm. because I only want to be in the guest bathroom because it's so pretty. That's true. I just hope it doesn't take another flood to get us there. <laughs> so yes, I'm I'm I am predicting that your home improvement projects, the list is going to get longer and wider in scope. This is bad. <laughs> it is bad. Well, I have to say, I feel like my month has been busy too, but nothing compared to 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 what you are doing. My husband's been doing a lot of working out of town. And so I thought that this would like free up all this time. And I've been, I feel like I've been busier than ever. Just yeah. I, time expands to fill the space available. It's, it's, it's really true. Just like so, garages, <laughs> just like garages. I know. In fact, Oh, I have to say that's one thing I have been working on is um, my garage has been a holy hot mess for several years now. And so Labor Day weekend, I was like, we're tackling. Good so for you. I Good made for you. some progress, had a huge DI pile, had a bunch in the trash, and then I ended up taking about five, four or five totes into the house, into my sewing room, because they're just stuff that I'm going to have to spend some time sorting through. They yeah. weren't stuff that I could open up the tote and go, mm, DI, or save this, the rest DI, oh. sort of a thing, but... We'll get there and it's already looking better. So oh, that's good. There's hope that I may actually be able to park my vehicle in the garage. That would be exciting. No, it's mid years. Do it before winter. Exactly. Okay, but we have to tell everyone what else we did this month. <gasps> we do. We went to Lindsay Sterling. Twim sisters were twimming we, at the Lindsay Sterling we concert. We were doing like, I don't know, 
research. I don't know. No. So I, I roped you into coming with me because yes. I bought tickets for me and my daughter. And I actually bought the tickets. Not that I don't love Lindsay Sterling, but I really bought them for the band that was opening for her. Yes. Because I love them. I'm obsessed with them. And I had never heard of them. You were like, this is, the, this is why we're going. And yes. I was like, okay. So this band is called Walk Off the Earth. And I have followed them on Instagram for a couple of years. They're a band out of Canada. Um, they're kind of a family band. The lead singer, husband, and wife, and they have three kids, three little boys that sometimes come on stage, but mm-hmm. then they have other band members. But they are so talented. They just have killer harmonies. They play all these really unique, weird instruments. And sometimes like they throw a kazoo in yeah. and they do like amazing covers of songs, but of then songs. they also have some original songs. And so they opened on Lindsay's tour all summer. And I was like, well, I have to go see them. Yes. I've been a fan for a couple of years. And I have to say, so. even though I wasn't familiar with their music mm-hmm. or them, because they do a lot of covers, I recognized a lot of the songs and I really enjoyed them. I thought they were excellent. They had good energy on stage. I went and followed them on Instagram after that. And so I've been enjoying them. They're a fun follow because they post like lots of little yes. musical snippets on Instagram. They do. So walk off the earth. I would. That should be my favorite thing this week. Okay. But I'll pick another one too. Okay. Well, um, we, you can have two. It's okay. So, and then we got to see Lindsay Sterling, yes. which was an added bonus. We've never seen Lindsay We've never Sterling. seen her. She is also amazingly she talented. Is. She's up on like doing acrobatics with the While violin. playing the violin. And How then is this possible? I was telling you that after we saw that, I went and looked her up on Instagram because I don't follow her and I'm vaguely familiar. I, yeah. know, I know what she does, but I don't listen to a lot of her music. Her Instagram is really fun. Um, and one of the things that she does on there a lot that I love is she will post about her costumes. Oh, I'm so going to have to go follow this. And she makes a lot of her own costumes or like, she's amazing. Kind of throws them together. Yeah, like she's very DIY. She's very involved in designing them. And then some of them she actually makes herself or she'll order something and then she'll bedazzle it to uh-huh. make it look like what she wanted to. Or like one post, she had a costume that she'd ordered and it came in and it just she didn't love it. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, I'm going to make this work. And she went to a fabric store and she got a t-shirt and she like whipped them together and bejeweled them and dazzled them. And, and her costumes are impressive. You can't see it from far away. You no, know, we couldn't see it from where you know we were she's sitting. wearing something sparkly, but yeah. if you get on Instagram and look, it's like the details and there it's really fun to see. Oh, I'm going to have to go. I'm so, going to have to go check that out. Yeah, You would totally love mad it. props. And I always respect, uh, mm-hmm. I always respect someone who, you know, has the quote unquote, Tim Gunn, make it work moment. Yes. You would, <laughs> you would love to see her costume. So that was a fun time that we did. We had a really good time. We, mm-hmm. we ended up leaving a bit early just because it was a school night and you did take your two older girls yeah, took my and they were like, oh, mom, we need to, one of them had a test the next day, was a little worried about getting home super late, but yes. it was fun. It was great. We had a good time. Well, we better hit some news because we have a ton of news tonight and this is going to be the last uh, twin before general conference. We're not going to record next week. Uh, because General Conference will be next weekend. And just to kind of give a plug for what TWIM is going to do for General Conference, after every session, a host, uh, like you and I have the Mm -hmm. Sunday afternoon session, we're going to immediately get online and record a 10 to 12 minute segment about our thoughts on that particular session of General Conference with just a recap. We tried doing that in April. 
it got a little long-winded and it wasn't kind of what, what we wanted, but we are hoping that, you know, we've worked our kinks out and that mm-hmm. um, shortly after every session of general conference, you'll be able to just download a quick 10 to 12 minute segment from a different TWIM host each time that has a little recap of yeah. that session of conference. Just hitting on the highlights. Hitting on the highlights. Okay. So in other news, we literally have breaking news tonight. Like I found this. Did we talk about President Nelson's birthday yet? Oh, no. I mean, this this is not breaking news. Okay. Yeah. We got to talk about that first. Because we all know his birthday is coming up. Yes. But he is turning 99 this week. Tomorrow, actually. Oh, tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow. So the ninth day of the ninth month, he is turning 99. That is quite the milestone. It is quite the milestone. And it is amazing how just together and with it, he is for nearly being a hundred years old. For sure. I mean, he's, the man has more energy than in body and mind, in body and mind. So, So, okay. Well, and I have to say, I was talking with my 16 year old daughter and this Mm -hmm. is what her seminary class is doing. They are having Costco cake on Monday to celebrate president Nelson's birthday. Oh, lucky. I know. Don't tell my daughter. She'll be jealous. <laughs> She'll head on over to, to, to my daughter's seminary class. Go and yeah. give me the cake. All right. Uh, so now we can go to oh our no, breaking, breaking news that we literally found minutes before we started recording. This is why you hop on KSL one last time before you record, because we have been doing this for many years and we have been heartbroken Yes, occasionally because a story will come out on whatever night we record and we didn't look and we're like, how did we miss that? And nine times out of 10, it's a story we're like, oh, we wanted to talk about I know. that. So this is one of those yes. where we were like, oh, I'm so glad we checked because yes. this is a good story. This is a great story. So apparently the Cougarettes will not be performing at the BYU football game tomorrow. This is game number two of the season. Yes. And I can't even remember who they're playing now because I got so distracted they by the Cougarettes story. They're playing some Utah Southern school, Utah, aren't they? I think. So they did perform they did perform last week at the first at the, the opening game. And they're playing the Southern Utah Thunderbirds. Tomorrow they're playing Southern yes. Utah Thunderbirds. But they, they will not Sam Houston last weekend. Okay. They will not be performing tomorrow. Apparently this has been a bit of an internet controversy. Um, because which we missed. I don't know how. I don't know how either. So apparently the athletic director has now addressed the issue. People complained about their song choice last week. Now they are doing a hip hop routine. As you can imagine, most hip hop songs have some questionable material. <laughs> Very true. And you edit them, which is a hundred percent normal. This yes. is this is not a BYU only thing. Like all the colleges are doing this. Exactly. The dance studios have a daughter in dance. She's on two different dance teams. The hip hop songs are always edited. Obviously, she's 13. Yeah. But also, they're always edited for like dance purposes too. Yeah. Like they will mishmash a couple songs together often. So it's very rare that you do a song all the way through when you're doing a hip hop routine, you, you do bits and pieces and you mash it together anyway. So this song, which is offensive was called plain Jane and it is by a A S A P Ferg, A S A P Ferg, but they said a O Ferg. I don't know. The S is a money sign. We're we're, we're not really into hip hop. (laughs) We're not sure. I actually asked, actually asked my 13 year old. She walked in here a few minutes ago and I was like, have you heard of this? And she was like, no. And I was like, oh good. Cause I just read the lyrics. (laughs) I'm really glad you haven't heard of it. So you go down the rabbit hole and read the lyrics. And the lyrics are like I went down nasty. the I went down the rabbit hole and read the lyrics, the original lyrics. To the original song. And I was like, how did they edit this? This is some editing 
magic. <laughs> like there was a lot. There was a lot of f bombs, b words, n words. Like you yeah. know, there, which there's always some that you're gonna find that in it. But there was so much. I was like, how did they edit this? So then you and me were like, well, we have to watch the performance. So we watched the performance yes. from last week. They took a very very small section of the song, like the very first beginning of the song, and it's talking about like jewelry. And like bling and yes. stuff like that. So there's nothing. They just took. I don't. They didn't have to bleep anything. They took the section of the song that was uh, clean. Yes. <laughs> well, and so apparently, what had happened is down at uh, Southern Utah University, there were a but. You know, obviously, somebody had seen the Cougarettes perform mm-hmm. to this song the week before, and so they complained and they said, well, "We don't want to hear this song." We don't want to see them performing this song. And so Southern Utah University kind of uninvited the Cougarettes to perform. Oh, I didn't realize it was them. Yes. Because I thought the athletic director was taking credit. He said he asked them not to. Yes. But then he said something about a miscommunication. Yes. So So let me, let me read here. Um, Let's see. Uh, it says, so, so this all came about because a BYU fullback by the name of Houston Haimuli. Haimuli. He says he's related to one of the Cougarettes. Probably Cougarette is his wife, I'm guessing. Maybe a sister. Who knows? Cousin. Anyway, so he posts on X, formerly known as Twitter, that the Cougarettes can't perform this week because a couple of people complained about their music. And so I don't know. Maybe it wasn't Southern Utah University. That mm-hmm. It must not have been Southern Utah University that complained. It must have been after the Sam Houston performance Somebody complained and said, why is BYU allowing the Cougarettes to use this mm-hmm. song? It's all sorts of nasty. It doesn't represent our values, even though the snippet that they use doesn't have anything wrong with it. So that is when the BYU athletic director stepped in and said, uh, I will take the blame for this one. Poor communication on my part for this week's game entertainment. He Uh says Cougarettes are amazing student athletes. You'll see him performing again soon. So what this tells me is the Cougarettes are now picking a different hip hop song and they are having to learn a whole new routine. They're going to have to whip that out fast. They are going to have to whip that out fast because there's probably a game the Uh week after. Yeah. This is so interesting. I would love to know the process. I'm sure everything gets approved. Yes. Um, I'm just so curious, like who makes the call? How does it work? Uh, Do they just send them the edited version? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming sure they, that's they, what they, they send do. in the edited version and they're probably not even looking at the real version. Exactly. If they and looked at the real version of any of these songs, they would be like, mm, no, probably not. Exactly. <laughs> You're talking a lot about uh, exactly. questionable behavior. <laughs> well, and, and I'm sure whoever the coach is for the BYU Cougarettes, mm. I mean, she knows BYU standards. Yeah. She or he, I don't know if it's male or female. Uh, that individual knows BYU standards, and I'm sure the athletic director probably had trust in this individual. And this has never been a problem in the past for just what you said. Right. They always take those rap songs and edit them, but somebody took offense. So Ariane so kindly went down the rabbit hole of comments because there's nothing better than social media comments. Which usually I do not do. I leave that up to you. But, yes. But this was a light enough subject that I was like, oh, no, I got to see what people are saying. About okay. This. You got to read some of the comments because the okay. comments are hysterical. They're so funny. So the, and most are in defense of the Cougarettes. This is on the Cougarettes Instagram page because they have a video of last week's performance on their Instagram page. That's how we found it. So people of course are hopping on to defend them. Yes. Um, So this one guy, what's his name? 
Nick Newman 801. He was talking about, yeah, yeah, it's just about, you know, this portion of the song is about bling or whatever. And he said, um, if the standard people want is nothing offensive that violates any commandments or parts of our religion can be in any part of the song, then they're going to end up dancing to Mormon Tabernacle Choir on the banjo. <laughs> <laughs> And this other person said, it's a hip hop dance. You got to have hip hop music. Let them perform. They're dang good. (laughs) Only a different word. Um, Let's see what else. They were just hilarious. Everybody's like a bunch of couch. So this one guy's like a bunch of couch potatoes complaining about a song used to bring joy to a large audience. (laughs) Like many other teams do. Anyway, okay. it's just funny. Well, I hopped onto KSL Sports' uh-huh. um, Facebook page and looked at their comments because I was thinking, well, you know, I can understand how the ones on the Cougarettes page oh, yeah. are going to be very pro Cougarettes. If you're following the Cougarettes, you're a fan. Exactly. But what are you finding on the KSL Sports Ooh. page? So on KSL Sports page, it is very favorable to the Cougarettes and telling the whiny pe- the whiny complainers to quit whining and complaining mm. and say why are we catering to the to the minority and um, are you really you know concerned about this? We have other things to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it says so because someone doesn't like this song, they can't showcase their talent. Maybe someone should stay home from the game and let everyone else enjoy the performance. <laughs> so very. You know, we, we have some complainers out there, but for the most part, mm-hmm. it seems like people are supporting the Cougarettes as as well they Very should. They are a fantastic dance team. They are one of the top, if not the top, in the country. They're they always, always on top. They yeah. always win nationals. So. so I will be very interested in two weeks, or I guess one one yes. more week from now, to see what what they do. I know. I'm sure they'll post on their Instagram page. They usually put their dance exactly. Back, so and what song they picked, yes. and if the if the if the witch hunt for the for the cougarettes has leave the cougarettes alone. <laughs> They're a treasure. Let them be. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's move on to some some more hardcore okay. news. Yes. You know we love those kinds. But the next uh, article we have is about St. George Temple. So Church News released um, just this week pictures of the inside of the St. George Temple because the open house is coming up. As we know, this is one of the pioneer temples that just got renovated. The open house will be September 15th through November 11th. So that's like two months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Two month open house. It's a good Link, yeah, and they'll need it because they I are. think all of Utah will go. Well, in fact, our and sister that lives, Idaho. our sister that lives in California, got tickets to I the know. open house. And you know what? I'm kind of jealous after seeing these pictures. Oh, I know these pictures. The, it's beautiful, are gorgeous. I mean, a lot of times we get these pictures when the temples are released, and they're very similar. Yeah, um, but they really leaned into the uniqueness, the of pioneer this era. temple, and the pioneer heritage, yeah. and restoring it. It is so gorgeous. It's stunning. I'm tempted to go. I'm like, oh, why does it have to be so far away? I would go to this one. I don't usually go to Utah for an open house. I would go to this one. I know. Well, and and I, you know, I would too. Unfortunately, my husband has a big work project coming up, so I'm not even sure we could get away for a weekend to Mm -hmm. do it. But I would highly encourage listeners out there, go to the link, look at the pictures because it's gorgeous. The other thing that it made me think too is... If this is what the interior of St. George looks like with what they've done with the keeping with the pioneer theme mm-hmm. and motif, but updated, it's not frumpy or right. it, it's, it, it has that pioneer feel, but in a very updated sense, mm-hmm. 
I can't even imagine what Salt Lake is going to look Ooh, like. I know Salt Lake is going to be just, it really will be the crown jewel. Right. Yeah. Super, super interesting. This, I thought this was interesting too. It said 250 trees have been added to the temple grounds yeah. with previous existing planting and shrubbery either replaced or added to and enhanced. Yeah. That will be great. It's very sunny. They need some trees there. Exactly. <laughs> so, and then of course they did, all kinds of upgrades inside to bring it like up to regulation, yeah. up to speed, up to earthquake standards. So, well, and they were also saying that, you know, it's gone through several renovations. Mm-hmm. And so it's been added on here and there, but never gutted the way it was gutted. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of brings a cohesiveness to it because the other renovations didn't bring a cohesive kind of modge podge. It was together. kind of modge podge yeah. together. So, so anyway, that's exciting. very exciting. All right. This next article, I am so excited about this next article. So as you know, we have a new general young women's presidency. Yes. There's a quite the buzz about them. There's quite the buzz about them. We have talked about them a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, every presidency, whether it's Relief Society or Primary or Young Women, they have their general advisory council. They used to be called the, the, the general board, but I think they call them the council now. Anyway, so they have 14 new members of the Young Women General Advisory Council. And I have to tell you, when I read the article on the bio on these Mm -hmm. individuals that they have chosen, I freaked the freak out. It's pretty cool. And here is why I freaked the Mm -hmm. freak out. We knew that Emily Bell Freeman, President Freeman, was going to go in and do some radical stuff. And what she has done is so cool. So of these 14 individuals, five, five of them are 31 years or younger, and they're all single sisters in Mm -hmm. YSA wards. The youngest person she's put on the council is 22 years old. I thought that was amazing. She's not even graduated from college and yet. Has this ever happened before? I don't think this has I ever don't happened feel before. Like maybe like one token. Exactly. But exactly. One token, young person, mm-hmm. maybe in their 30s, but definitely no one in their 20s. So we have a 22 year old. We have two 24-year-olds, a 25-year-old, and a 31-year-old. I think this is huge. I think this is so huge. I mean, these girls are not yes. are, are not even 10 years out of being yes. young women. And the other thing, too, about these five girls is every single one of them served a mission. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they're going to have so much to contribute, having been fresh out of young women's, to say, mm-hmm. you know, this is what works. This is what doesn't. Mm-hmm. This is what would have prepared me more for a mission. This is what really didn't prepare me for a mission. I think they're just going to have so much to add. I think so, too. And I think this is so valuable because we keep talking about how that's the age group we're losing. Like, yes. We are bleeding 20-something exactly. in this church. Well, who better to have as an advisor than a 20 something who is in the middle of it. Exactly. um, That can give you input on just like you said, what's working, what's what's not working. So, well, and the other thing too is with these five sisters that again Mm -hmm. are all single, all part of, you know, young adult wards and stakes is what, what kind of a message is this not only sending Mm -hmm. to the young, to the, to the young women and young women, but to the young adults in that age category Mm -hmm. to say, 
you are so valuable to us. You are so valuable to us. We're even going to put you on a general advisory council Mm -hmm. because we need and want your input. Because I think a lot of times in that age group, especially if they're not married, they feel like, where do I fit in in this church? Do I even fit in in this church? Because it's such a family oriented church and I'm not married and I don't have a family. And this is a real way to show how valuable mm-hmm. their input is. Right. And they have all sorts of different um, backgrounds. One of them runs a nonprofit. A uh, couple of them are still in school. And then the other women that she added to this council, she's got somebody who has a marketing background, child and teen development, family studies degree couple of journalism degrees, mm-hmm. but one that was really interesting was she added this woman by the name of Courtney Rich. And her background is in, she has a journalism degree, but she also is um, the founder of a social media brand. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of Cakes by Courtney? That's Cakes by Courtney? That is Cakes by Courtney. I know. Of course I know who Cakes by Courtney exactly. is. Exactly. But I read the whole profile and did not make the connection that well, that was because the Courtney. They didn't put it in there. Why didn't they put it in there? I don't know why they <laughs> didn't put it in there. Anyway, so it's Cakes by Courtney. Oh, that's fine. And which again, given the, the social media background that mm-hmm. Sister Freeman has, it's you know, it's not surprising. And then of course the oldest woman that they have is Ruth is Ruth Jones Todd. She is 61. You don't remember her, but I do. For years, she was a reporter. She was an anchor on KSL. And she's been retired from being an anchor on KSL for for, for some time now. Um, but she was a TV journalist in the Salt Lake City market. I really enjoyed her. And so um, she now works for Bonneville Communications, mm-hmm. and she's on there. And so this council just looks amazing. It looks awesome. But can I say the one thing that is lacking? Okay. And I know this is a logistical thing. It's not for like lack of desire, I think. Um, Just there's no one international. That's very true. And I know that they do this for logistics. They want people in the Salt Lake area that can actually come and physically be there for meetings. But part of me just thinks in this day and age of Zoom, in this post-COVID world, couldn't we get a few people from other countries just Zoomed in? Like you don't have to move to Salt Lake. Yeah. But we'd love to have- We could do a Zoom meeting. We'd love to have your advice and counsel. I just think that's- really important. I do too. (laughs) But you know, we're going to take our baby steps where we can. Yes. Here's the other thing that I wondered too. How did they find these younger girls? And, you know, because a lot of times some of these older women might be on the radar in Salt Mm -hmm. Lake for various and assorted reasons. How did they find these younger girls? And and for example, the 22-year-old, I assume this is a calling that is probably extended by a member of the 12 and you are meeting with a member of the 12. So you get a call. Yeah. uh, Elder so-and-so wants to meet you in your, in his office. What in the world even goes through your mind? So I have a theory. Two of these younger girls work for a humanitarian experience is what it's called, which is formerly known as humanitarian EFY. They, They have separated from being an official church. Okay. When it was known as humanitarian EFY, it was owned by CES, run by CES. Yes. Then when we switched over to our new FSY system, they split and created their own. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I think, I believe it's a nonprofit um, called humanitarian FSY or not FSY, humanitarian experience. It is a nonprofit because I did look it up today because um, I'd never heard of it. And I was and like, they, what is this? Yeah. My daughter has a friend that did one this summer okay. and now she wants to go do one. It's like 
a bajillion dollars. Yes. Because <laughs> you know, you travel overseas. Yes. Um, anyway, so jury is out on whether my daughter will ever actually do one. But fair enough. Um, that's how I was aware of what they were. So I'm like, oh, if they if they work for humanity, they have a very I think close relationship with the church still. Yes. That organization. That might have gotten them on the radar. Uh, so might have gotten them on the radar. My other theory is that Emily Freeman um just has a lot of relationships with she you. She really does. She's been she a really speaker. Does. That's true. At a lot of things. She's been a speaker at FSY yeah. leading like in her previous life before she was president, speaker at Education Week, speaker at Time Out for Women, all the things. Like she's made the rounds. So I don't know if maybe she brought some of these like ladies in. Be. She met them in her along her way. Who knows? Uh, Who knows? But to quote the twin siblings, big deal, little deal, no deal. I consider that to be this uh, the, the appointment of these 14 women or the calling a very big deal. It's a very big deal. I am curious to see if this will uh, trickle down the line with yes. primary and with the Release Society general or boards. how about the Young Men Advisory Council? Mm. Are we going to see some 20-year-olds on the Young Men Advisory Council? That could also be good. That could also be very good. All right. Okay. Quick shout out on the other, on, on my next story. So church recreational properties, formerly known as girls camp properties. As mm -hmm. we know, the church owns a number of recreation sites, especially here in the West. Uh, they have historically been created and used for girls camp, but the church is expanding the use of them, which I thought was very interesting because my husband got a survey in the mail probably mm -hmm. 90 days or so ago okay. that talked about church youth camps and young men using church youth camps and what he thought of young men mm -hmm. using church youth camps. And so he filled it out. And sure enough, the they're changing them from youth girls camps to now be called youth camps. Which is so interesting because I guess I just, I mean, this tells you, you only know what your yes. experience is because my, it just never occurred to me that young men couldn't use these camps yes. or that they weren't being used for youth conferences. It never occurred to me that these were only being used for young women, but now I'm like, well, of course that makes yes. sense that we would open them up to. Well, and they've been used mm -hmm. for those other things because for example, when I was at girls camp this summer, mm -hmm. we were at a smaller camp that was across the way from a larger camp and they had young men from a stake that were at the larger okay. camp. So they do yet, they did, they have let the young men schedule them, but they haven't had priority. Mm -hmm. They've kind of had to take the leftovers. So now the priority is, First week, it's open for scheduling. Young women, stake young women's presidencies can schedule at their assigned mm -hmm. camp. Second week, young men's stake young men's presidencies schedule at their assigned camp. Then the third week, you can make a reservation at any camp if you're mm -hmm. a young women, stake young women's presidency. And it just goes on. It goes and every, down the list. It goes down the list. And every week, a new group gets opened up for the chance to make a reservation. The very last one are church members, including families, because one of the things this article said is these camps are not for family reunions, people. Which I... They are for church activities. I've never heard of anyone renting them for a family oh, reunion. Have you? Yes. They oh. rent out Glenwood all the time for family reunions. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. This will be very interesting to see. I think I think who's going to have the hardest time with this transition are the ward girls camps. Girls, yes. girls camps that are going as a ward. Yes. They have always had second choice after 
state girls camps. Exactly. Now they're they're getting the bump. They are getting the bump. There's one, two, three, four, mm-hmm. five, six. Six people six organizations that have priority ahead of Ward Girls Camps. Oh no. So yeah, so they, they are getting the bump. We might have to start roughing it like the boys. Okay, I want to know or how maybe just do a state girls camp. <laughs> maybe. Unless your stake is too massive like mine. Well then you split it into two camps. Um I want to know what your husband thought of it, like when he did his survey. As a, a leader of the young men, would he did he would he want to use one of these camps? Or is he like, nah, we're we're going in a tent up in the middle of nowhere. Um, How you did know, you feel? The survey asked if he'd ever used mm-hmm. the camps, and they never have because mm-hmm. you know my husband and his oh, yeah. affinity for camping. Oh, yeah. He's so hardcore. He's, he does not want to go mm-hmm. to a camp where there's running water and, and toilets that flush. An outhouse is even a little questionable. You know, he wants he's hardcore. He wants to rough it. So he's not interested right. in that kind of a camp. But he also understands that the generation of boys that are coming up Mm -hmm. that he's working with right now are not the same that he worked with 10 years ago where those boys would like to go out and rough it. Mm -hmm. The boys today, you talk about going out and roughing it, and you maybe will get one or two who want to go out and rough it. But for the most part, those boys are like, "Mm, now we want it to be cushy and comfy. Okay, that is so interesting. I mean, that's always been my personal attitude. Exactly. When I was in Young Women's, I was like, what? Yeah. We're doing a tent year. Yeah. Yeah. It's a totally different set of boys. Yeah. And, and he huh. and I have had that conversation before. That's very interesting. So he was just talking about, you know, when he answered the survey about, yeah, we've never done this, never thought about it. I, I'm pretty sure when he answered the survey, he was like, yeah, I might do it if it was an mm-hmm. option, you know, right. sort of a thing. Again, not by his personal choice, but by just knowing what the kids want, what yeah. the kids want and what's going to get them to come and engage. And that's where we're at these days is what do you get, what's it going to take to get the kids to come and engage? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. So this will be interesting to see a a bigger camp. Like we have some here where they split them up. Like this is a campsite. This is a campsite. This is a campsite. Potentially you could have a girl's camp from one ward at one site and a boy's camp from another ward at a different site on the same property. You know what? No, I don't think they would do that because they don't want the boys and girls mixing. You think they're still going to keep it separate? I think they're still going to keep it separate. For example, when uh, the girls camp that we went to this year, there are two – well, there's Big Glenwood Mm -hmm. that is huge and has the kitchen and the flushing toilets and everything. There's what I call Little Glenwood, but it's actually called River Glen that's across the street Mm -hmm. that has some amenities but not many. Stakes will reserve both of those so that they have enough sites. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't need both, you can just reserve Big Glenwood and then Little Glenwood can be opened. It, it's mm-hmm. really accommodable for a ward girls camp. But you don't think they'd mix like oh, a boys camp? Well, they did mm-hmm. mix a boys camp in the fact that they had the boys camp across the street and okay. we were on the other side of the street. So there was a street that separated us, but I don't think they would have let us. I mean, the, the big Glenwood is a big enough property that you could oh, say girls on this side, boys right. on the other, but I don't think they would ever do okay. that. Got to have a street in the middle. You got to have a street in the middle. <laughs> Unless you're on track. Exactly. <laughs> then you have a hand cart to divide you. <laughs> or a row of hand carts. Okay. Sorry. What do we have next? Oh, I've got the next one. This one was so interesting. This was a New York Times article. So this is pretty big. Okay. We don't always make it into the no. NYT. And I have not read this, so I'm hoping you'll uh, educate me. This was by Abby Aguirre, and it was an entire article just about how the YA 
um, genre of books is not dominated, but it's there are a good number of LDS authors in the YA genre of books. Yes. So this article just took a deep dive into it. Like, why is this? Uh, how are there so many Mormon YA authors? And so um, they just talked about how, like, they interviewed a professor at BYU that teaches English 420, which is like a deep dive into mm -hmm. YA fiction. And they talked about, you know, when you, some of these famous authors, they mentioned Stephanie Meyer, Brandon mm -hmm. Sanderson, um, Ali Condi, who wrote the Matched trilogy. I hadn't heard of that I one. Heard of Orson that. Scott Card, who wrote okay. Ender's Game, uh, Shannon Hill, Princess Kemi. There were so many. Like when they started listing them in this article, I was like, oh my gosh, I've only heard of maybe half of these. There are a lot of YA LDS authors. I had no idea. See, and I, I'm not a reader, so. Yeah. Anyway, they kind of were tying it back to like, could this be, you know, from our growing up? They talk about how um, a lot of them are like fantasy or mm -hmm. magic based and how like religious faith and belief in miracles is like not that far off. Yeah, from like that's very true. That type of genre. Um, they talked, they interviewed a guy named Chris Schubinger, who is the publishing director of Shadow Mountain, which is like a part of Deseret Book, like okay. kind of like a sub company of Deseret Book. Never heard of it. It's published a lot of these uh, authors. He kind of discovered Brandon Mull, who wrote, um, he's written a bunch. Um, anyway, they, they were getting like his take on it and, and why there have been so many. And they talk about, uh, you know, how the we have the plan of salvation yes. and that really is like a hero's journey. It and is. This is embedded in us. They talk about how, you know, we're taught from an early age to read through scriptures and reading is just highly valued in our religion. And maybe that contributes yeah. to like some of this desire to be an author and write stories. Um, Anyway, it was super interesting. And then they kind of talked about uh, how some of these authors have left the church. They talked about uh, the church and gay rights uh -huh. um, and how that has been tricky for some of these authors to navigate. And they quoted like several who did leave mm -hmm. um, some over that. And they also talked about how the genre is changing. And one of the reasons why the genre is so appealing possibly uh -huh. to LDS authors and readers is that in the past, YA has generally been pretty clean. Yeah. And if you're an author and you want to write something clean because you have like value standards, LDS yeah. standards, it's a good genre to get into. That is. That's because very true. you're going for a younger audience. Yes. Um, and you, so you're not going to have all the sex. You don't in there. have the pressure to put in yeah. the sex or bad words or things like that. Um, but they did talk about how this genre is starting to change oh. and become more like risque for, oh, I did not know for that. the young adults. Yeah. Okay. And um, how these authors are navigating that and or not navigating it. Anyway, it was just a really interesting huh. article. It's probably behind a paywall. I don't know if everybody can read it, um, but if you can get your hands on it. And I imagine that the Tribune or Deseret Book will possibly do pick a, it up. a recap of it soon yeah. or pick it up. Um, All right. Let's 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 send our friend Hannah Syriac on that mission. Yes. Hannah, do, do a recap. We want to follow this. up. Yeah. Yes. This would be a great story so, idea for you. Okay, our next story. We are we are going to just dip our foot in the international pool. 
which usually we leave to the Daniels, but this is kind of a, a big deal story. So twin sisters are gonna are gonna dip their toes in international waters, so to speak. Yes. So the Pope, Pope Francis, he had a little event in Mongolia. He was on a he was on a trip to Mongolia. And he decides that he wants to have this interfaith event that is hosted by him at the Hun Theater. And I'm not even going to try and pronounce the town that it was in, but it was in Mongolia. So he invites people of Mongolian Buddhist belief, Jewish people, Muslim people, and Shinto traditions. And he also invited a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So all of these individuals that he invited get an opportunity to speak at this event that he is hosting. So the member of the church that spoke, again, the, I'm not even going to try and pronounce the first name, but the nickname is uh, is Tushin, I think, Gumbo, Gombo, mm -hmm. who is a member of the church. And this is this is a woman. And so she got up and spoke and she spoke about Jesus Christ and her teaching and his teachings and how they illuminate her light and her path. And she also talks about um, she brought in uh, some of the um, traditional, she, she said, she talked about a shelter, a traditional Mongolian uh, nomadic dwelling is called a gur, and it is a symbol for Latter-day Saints in Mongolia of their commitment to follow Christ. And she said, in doing so, we rely on each other like the nomads on the steep and symbolically welcome each other to stay for the night in our gur and treat each other to milk, tea, food, and erang. In our shared journey, which can be challenging at times, we create a world where love prevails, where families are strengthened, and where all God's children find hope, acceptance, purpose, and peace. Now, one of the reasons I think that this is such a big deal is we don't have a lot of Latter-day Saints in Mongolia. The article says there's approximately 12,000 members of the church in Mongolia, and there's all sorts of different religions in the world. And you look at the religions that the Pope invited and for him to specifically say, I want a representative of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, where we are such a minority religion, that kind of makes this a pretty big deal. That's pretty cool. So good for Sister mm -hmm. Gombo. Very cool. Okay, next news I have, have, this is Deseret News article. This is really, really cool. BYU Pathway Worldwide has just gotten approval uh, to offer a three-year college degree. That's huge. It's really huge. And yeah. this is going, they think this is just the beginning that this yes. is going to kind of revolutionize um, higher education. Higher education. So they will be offering, offering seven shortened degrees uh, that are through BYU-Idaho and Enzyme College, but through the Pathways program yes. worldwide. So the degrees will require 25% less time in classrooms than most other bachelor's degrees. Obviously, they are way cheaper than yes. most bachelor's degrees. And this is something that BYU has been trying to get, they said for years, they yeah. said back in 2009 is when they wow. first had this idea of like, how can we make this easier for people? Yeah. How can we get accredited yeah. to spend less years on a degree? Yeah. And they're not the only ones. They said other colleges have been trying for years and getting denied. Yeah. Because it um, has to go through accreditation yeah. and they have to approve it. You have to get accredited or your degree is worthless. Yeah. <laughs> so so they finally got approved. And I think this is amazing. I, I totally see the vision behind this. You know, 
and for it to go through pathways because most people who are doing pathways are people who are working full time. Mm -hmm. This is not your average college student. So they figured out that if they could take out a lot of the electives that make up a degree, they said they took out about 30 credits of electives but they kept all of the core classes um, and that is what got it approved because exactly. they thought this isn't a watered down degree. It just is gets rid of the a electives. Degree. It just gets rid of the electives, which if you are a working person trying to get a degree, an adult worker working, trying to get a degree, you don't want your electives. You want to get in, you want to get out. This is time and money. It's time and, and money. Exactly. And they said online, people were asking each other, uh-huh. what's the easiest, fastest elective that I can get done? Because they would get all their core classes right. done and have everything ready to graduate, except for these stinking 30 credit hours of yes. electives. And so then they were just looking for what is the easiest elective I can take to get this over with. Yes. So this is great news. And this is, they like I said, they think this will be the start of something new for other schools. They listed a few other schools that have also gotten approval um, or are seeking approval to do this. And it'll just be huge. Yeah. I think this is amazing. I think that the way we think about college it's- as a country is going to change. Needs improvement. Yeah. And this is a step in the right direction. It's just the cost is excessive for what you get. Yeah. And this is a really practical solution. It is. And it is. I just hope it is the beginning of a revolution. I hope that like many other colleges can get on board and offer this type of thing. Exactly. So, very cool. Well, and staying on our college theme with our mm-hmm. next story, Ariane. I've got this one too. Oh, that's right. This one is also very exciting. This one is super exciting. Uh, Let me tell you what, nobody loves to be on a list, a top, a top list. Nobody loves to be on a top list more than members of the church. It's really true. We love a good ranking. We love a ranking when we're high on the ranking. Exactly. (laughs) Not when we're low on the ranking. This is Wall Street Journal just released its 2024 best colleges in the U.S. list. And BYU came up as number 20. Which is huge. (laughs) Again, big deal. They made quite the jump because I looked at the, well, I didn't look at the 2023 list because this list is actually for 2024, but I looked at the 2022 list. So where were we in 2022? We were like 138. Oh. So this is a big jump for us. This is a big jump. So yeah, they looked at things like... um, certain things got more of a a weight on this list. Like uh, 70% of the overall score was the learning environment. Yes. Um, Oh no. 70% was the salary impact and graduation Uh, rate. 20% was learning environment. Um, 10% was diversity, which good thing. We probably wouldn't have ranked as high. No, (laughs) the diversity component would have killed us. So, but the salary impact and graduation, graduation rate, that's the, BYU does a really good job with that. Yeah. So that gave us a pretty good boost, I'm sure. Anyway, we're up there with like really, I mean, obviously the like the top five are like Princeton, Massachusetts, MIT, yeah, MIT, Yale, Stanford, Columbia. Those are like the top five. So we're up there. But to be top twenty is a big deal. Yes. So just for comparison, University of Utah was forty three. Not bad. Not bad. Pretty good. Weber State two sixty seven. Utah Valley, 278, Utah State, 293. And then you looked up the law school. I did. So every year they rank the law school. And uh, currently we are, law school is number 22. 
which law school's been ranked pretty high before, Law school right? has been. We even broke mm-hmm. the top 20 a, a few years ago, and then we've kind of slid back down. But the law school has always been ranked very mm-hmm. high. Uh, the MBA program is number 35, and the Master's of Public Administration program is number 57. That's pretty good. So they got some good educational opportunities going on there at the BYU. That's always fun to hear. Yes. Okay, let's see. Mrs. America. We have to talk about Mrs. America. Well, you know, we love ourselves a good pageant story. Like a pageant story. So apparently there was a pageant a few weeks ago. A Mrs. America pageant. Mrs. America pageant. The winner is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who grew up in Utah. She is currently living in Utah. She, but she was Miss South Dakota in the pageant. Yeah, I, I read. Did, I read about that. I did not get that. So she had been in the pageant. Uh, I think the year before, or maybe two years. Two before, years before, as Miss as Utah. Ms. Utah, Mrs. Utah, Mrs. Utah. Apparently, South Dakota has like an open registration rule oh. that you don't actually have to be from that state. Okay. So since she had already done Utah. And gone through it. She's like, well, I burned that bridge. Now I'm going to go do South Dakota. Okay. Thank you for explaining that yes. because I was like, I don't understand how she got to be Mrs. South Dakota when she never lived there. Yes. I read that online. I okay. guess, I guess, I mean, the rules or whatever your state okay. decides to do. And I guess South Dakota's like, we'll take you. <laughs> we'll okay. take anyone. But so. you got to talk about her answer. So she's asked her question oh, yes. in the this, interview. This is why she has made the headlines. Yes. Not just because she won yeah. and she's a member of the church, but her answer has gone viral. So in her one of her interview questions, they asked her, when have you felt the most empowered? And she said, I have felt this feeling seven times now as I bring these sacred souls to the earth. She's a mom of seven. We failed to mention that. Yes. Um, she said, it's the most, uh, as I hold that newborn baby, the feeling of motherhood and bringing them into the earth is the most empowering feeling I have ever felt. So people were quite excited about that. I mean, as you can imagine, yes. like, oh, that is just like such a sweet answer and for her to go on and win anyway. But in other news, she is a, like a major Instagram influencer. Yes. I'd never heard of her before. Yes. She, you had. I had heard of her. I had seen, I think Jennifer Garner, who uh-huh. I follow had linked the to actress, her one time. Jennifer Gardner. Yes. Yeah. Not that I, not that I know her, but yes. I follow her because she's, she's a she's good funny. follow. She's a good follow. Um, she had posted something by her about her before she, her, her Instagram account is called ballerina farm. Um, and, Cause she, they have this family farm, like they moved to Utah mm-hmm. and wanted to become farmers and yes. they're figuring it out and they have this farm and they have products and produce and things, things that, that they, they sell. sell. And she used to be a ballerina and she has New York city, 6.2 so. million followers. Yeah. She's got quite the following. She does have quite the following. So, so. anyway, congratulations to her. All right. Uh, Also, really quick, we're going to hit on this. We're not going to deep dive, but speaking of rankings, BYU's women's soccer team is ranked number one in the country right now. This is also a super exciting deal. This is super exciting for BYU. So um, you are going to talk more about this next week. No, two weeks. two weeks from now, I am going to record when I record Tiffany and Friends for You, also known as Taffy. <laughs> uh, the individual I have coming on with me is a gentleman by the name of David Larson, and he is a real sports fanatic, especially BYU sports. And so uh, the theme of our podcast, or at least the over- the majority of our stories in our podcast are probably going to be sports-related stories. So I'm sure we'll do a little bit of follow-up on BYU soccer team and them being number one. And now that we know the controversy with the Cougarettes, 
we're going to have, David and I are going to have to talk about what the Cougarettes performed you, you at their can, next game. You can follow up on that for us. Yes. So yes, yeah. I will. But women's soccer is doing great. So if you get a chance, catch a BYU women's soccer game. Okay. All, All right. right. Now, uh, before we move on to our last two segments, Mormons behaving badly and favorite things, because conference is coming up, we need to do a, and you know what? And I think earlier I said conference was next weekend. Conference isn't next weekend. We got, we got it. We got a few more weekends before yes. conference. We have some people in between, but in any event, we need to do some, we, we want to do some twin sisters conference predictions. Okay. So I've got nothing. This is all you. This is all on me. So <laughs> I am going to reiterate a conference prediction that I did last time. And then I'm also going to give a new conference prediction. So temples. I I, I am I am just going to say 12 new temples is my guess. Okay. But I am still going to reiterate that we are going to have a temple in Payette, Idaho called the Payette River Temple. Because I think in our section of the country. We are due for another little temple that will especially serve the, the saints in Eastern Oregon. Mm-hmm. I don't think the temple, the church wants to build in Oregon. It's too regulated. So if you just build it across the river in Payette, you can, you can be in, in friendly, in territory. friendly territory and you can still serve all your people in Eastern Idaho. So I am, I am still campaigning for the Payette river temple. Okay. And here's my other prediction. Elder Holland. We have not heard any updates from him. No. Last time we heard, he was still in the hospital. Nobody, I haven't read anything that he was been released. But I think we are going to get a message from him at conference, but I don't think it's going to be from the podium. You think like recorded? I think it will be a pre-recorded message from Elder Holland. I hope, That's my prediction. I hope so. Okay. But I don't know. Okay. I feel like they haven't done that very much. Yes. Usually when they're sick, they're just not there. Yes. But yes. I, I would love that. So, so, yes. So sorry for my earlier gaffe when I said there will be no more TWIM until conference because Matt and Melissa will record next oh, week. Okay. So Matt and Melissa maybe make some of their own conference We're getting ahead of ourselves. Like I said, we lived. I lived a year in this past month. I, I, so exactly. It's very confusing. And September I don't know what seems time it is. to be flying by at a... <laughs> yeah rapid pace. Well, not only are we going to have Matt and Melissa next week, we'll have one more. I'll have one more because I'll podcast oh, you have with David. We're, oh gosh. We're coming in early on the conference. We're coming in early on the conference stuff. Sorry, sorry people. <laughs> anyway. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mormons behaving badly. Mormons behaving badly. Is a doozy this it week. It really is a doozy. It's not great. It is not great. So there was this LDS family and they had a YouTube channel called Eight Passengers. I had never heard of it. I had never watched it. Um, I, I knew nothing about it mm-hmm. until the mom ends up getting arrested for child abuse. So they call it Eight Passengers because they had six kids and then the mom and the dad. So they took down their YouTube channel a little over a year ago and they just weren't doing their YouTube mm-hmm. channel anymore. But it was all like parenting advice. Yes. Right? She had hooked up with another lady by the name of Jody Hildebrand, uh, who founded uh, this mental health counseling company called Connections Classroom. And so she and Jody, Jody was now her business mm-hmm. partner and they were doing all sorts of YouTube things on there. So Jody lives in Southern Utah. Uh, this Ruby Frankie lives in Springville. Ruby Frankie mm-hmm. is the one who had the eight passengers uh, YouTube channel. And so Ruby had several of her minor children down there in Southern Utah with her. So her 12 year old son escapes the house. They're at Jody Hill- Hildebrand's house. 
He escapes the house. He climbs out of the window. He goes to a neighbor's house and asks the neighbor for food and water. He he looks emancipated. And she and observed- he was, Wasn't he like duct tape? The, the neighbor hands. observed duct tape on his oh. ankles and wrists. And so the neighbor immediately contacts law enforcement who comes and they come and they realize he's been emaciated and malnourished. He has open wounds from this duct tape. They take him to the hospital. They go to the house. They find a 10-year-old girl there in similar conditions. They take her. There's two other minor children that they took into protective custody. And then they ended up arresting this Ruby Frankie and also arresting her business partner because this happened in her business partner's house with the theory being, how could you not know that these children were being abused in your house? And so the children are now in protective custody. Um, Ruby Frankie has an adult daughter who is, I believe, around 20 years old. And that adult daughter said, um, finally. And so they've started doing a deep dive into this. And what they have discovered is there have been a number of um, complaints to uh, DCFS and to Mm -hmm. the police. Ruby Frankie would leave her kids at home alone in her Springville house, not really sure where dad was. While she'd go down to Southern Utah, they were home alone by themselves for several days at a time. Police were called, but they never just really had enough. They have like concrete evidence. Yeah, they didn't have enough evidence to build a case. And now they have. And so this this will be interesting to follow in a sad, sad situation for those kids. Mm -hmm. But sounds like something that finally needed to be done. Yes. All right. Shall we move on to favorite things? Sure. Okay. I'll go first. My favorite thing this month is a TV show. Okay. It is called 1923. Now it is in the Yellowstone family. Okay. Okay. Have you ever watched Yellowstone? I watched about three episodes of Yellowstone uh, when my knee went bum and I couldn't Mm -hmm. move. And I've liked it, but I haven't had a chance to get back. So we used to love Yellowstone. Um, and then we kind of gave up like whatever the latest last season was, okay. we got a few into it and we were like, Oh, it's just kind of getting old. Same thing. Yeah. Recycled. But we loved the first couple of seasons okay. and then they had a spinoff called 18 something or other three yeah. about pioneers and crossing yes. the plains. And that was good, but also, I mean, it was fine. Yeah. But now they have, they have another one. I don't think it's new. I think it's been out for a while. It is called 1923. And they're all related. Like, oh, these are the ancestors of the Yellowstone people. And we're, we're going back and we're figuring out how they ended up in Montana on this beautiful ranch. So 1923, they're in Montana. These are like the great grandparents of the current Mm -hmm. modern day Yellowstone people. And it is so good. It's my favorite so far. Better than the original, better than the Pioneer oh, one. Oh, I may have to go find this. It is really good. It has Harrison Ford, Helen Mirren, which <gasps> oh, I've those are some, that. Those those are some are heavy, heavy actors. It's kind of weird to see Harrison Ford just be so old and be in this role, but yes. it's, it's good. Okay. But I love the storylines. They're following like a few different of these family members and I'm we're not done yet, so we don't know okay. how they're going to come together. But it's very good. Be warned, it is MA. There are, there's a little bit of nudity. Okay. There's probably a few F-bombs. Um, okay. But it is really good. Very, All right. Well, very I good storytelling. Go check it out. Okay. Okay. So I brought my favorite thing tonight because I love to do that. Uh, if you're watching on video, you can see. If not, I will describe it to you. 
This is from Costco. They are called Girl Scout Thin Mint Bites. And I have seen several people on Instagram talking about these. So I finally broke down, I think last week and bought these and you have not tried them. No. And I'm so excited because I didn't want to buy a huge bag. Exactly. But now I can just steal some of yours. Exactly. So steal some of mine. Well, you see what you think. They're, they're a little kind of ram candy. They're covered in, it says dark chocolate, but it really doesn't, it, it, it's almost like dark and milk mixed That's together. delicious. It has a cookie in the middle. Yeah. It's and like you a cookie cut bite. It and it's surrounded by mint and then it has a little cookie in the middle. They are really good. Now I wish I bought them. Okay. You could, you could seriously eat a whole bunch of these in one sitting. So Those are so good. They are really good. So if you buy these, you'll probably want to hide them from your children mm-hmm. or from yourself or from <laughs> yourself. It's very true. Okay. I think that's it. Right? I think that is, um, Oh, let me, let me swallow my, my cookie bite here. Um, we are going to, when we are finished with this recording, we are going to record some extra content for our Patreon supporters. Mm-hmm. So we would encourage anybody who wants to be a Patreon supporter to donate a couple bucks a month to help us keep, <coughs> excuse me, the lights on, so to speak. And every week there's a little bit of extra There's content, a little bit right? of extra like content. A, a few extra minutes. This week we're going to talk about plastic surgery and the September 6th. Exactly. Utah people. <laughs> it's the 30th anniversary of September 6th. So that is going to be our extra Patreon content. So if you're interested in that, please be a subscriber to Patreon. You can find This Week in Mormons on all the social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, which apparently is now X, uh, Instagram. We have a Twim Sisters Instagram. Yes, and which you- I need to update. I'm a few weeks behind. I'm going to put, yes. I'm going to put our last few favorite things up there. Yes. And will you put the favorite things that I did with my yes. friends? Yes, I will. Appreciate that. <laughs> so. so anyway, as always, if you have any questions, please contact us at contact at thisweekendmormons.com. We appreciate you listening and your support. Thank you for listening. <laughs>